This is the Sanctuary LA podcast. My name is Sean Mandoli, and I'm the pastor of Sanctuary LA. This message, Hustle and Flow, is going to empower you to work the works of God by the grace of God. The Bible says, faith without works is dead. I pray that this message empowers you to work your faith in God's grace. All right. First Samuel chapter 29. We're, talking, we're in a series, a Hustle and Flow, and I'll kind of give you a little background here. We're going to look at this uh, David at this moment in his life, King David. He was not king yet, uh, but we're going to look at his life. And Hustle and Flow, some of you are probably like, what is, what is this series all about? It's really about this, that God has a flow for us. He sent the Spirit. He gives. He, 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 he makes miracles happen. He he uh, touches us and blesses us, and, but then in the midst of that grace that he freely gives us, it's nothing we work for. There is no hustle to get grace. We simply receive the flow, but how many of you know that faith without works is dead? And so our Christian life is the balance of receiving freely from God and yet putting our feet and hands to something because the Bible says that he will bless the work the hustle of your hands. Somebody say amen. amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to have hustle, but first make sure you got some flow. Okay, say, look at, look at somebody else and tell them hustle and flow. Hustle and flow, okay? Hustle and flow. And so here's David. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start reading here, but let me just give you a little story of where David's at. David was being um, chased by the king at the time, Saul, and he um, was trying to kill him. Um, and David had two opportunities to kill him, and David didn't because he's like, look, I'm going to honor you in your position as king. I'm not going to touch the Lord's anointed, even though I had two opportunities to do so. And so uh, King Saul says, oh, thank you, David. You know, I bless you, and you're going to do great things. And actually, King Saul, who was trying to kill this boy he, he, because he was jealous of, his, of him, he said, uh, the Lord bless you, and you're going to do great things. And then David walked away from that blessing, and he was still fearful of him. He was still fearful of him. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting relationship that Saul and David had. He was fearful, so he literally went and moved out of Israel, moved into the land of the Philistines, and because he, he was fearful for his life. He said, look, if I just get out of God's country and I get into somewhere else, maybe Saul won't mess with me anymore. He was in a bad place. In a sense, he wasn't in the best of places. He was in a place because he was scared for his life. Even though his last conversation with him was, the Lord bless you. Because he was like, look, you've said that before, Saul. I'm not trying to play these games anymore. So he's literally in the land of the Philistines. He was anointed to be king years, years before, but, but he was in a tough place. He was in a tough place. And so um, he becomes friends with these, these Philistines and he's doing well for himself, quote unquote. And then the Philistines are like, okay, we're going to go fight Israel now. And David, you're coming with us. Or the, the dude he was connected with, this guy named Hish, he said, look, you're going to come with us. Since you're in my land and I'm letting you live here, you're going to come fight Israel. So could you imagine the, 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 the tension there in David? I'm hanging out with these Philistines and they want me to go fight the very nation I'm going to be king of soon. And so it's because he, who he was associating with, he was in a, in a, anybody ever been in a complicated place? 
you're like, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to any relationship or something where you love them and, and you hate them at the same time. I don't know if, you know, hopefully not now, but anybody ever been in those complicated situations? And this brother was in the Philistine, and they were cool. They were, they were hanging out, and, and, and David was cool with them. And then they're like, look, we're and so David said, look, you're letting me live here. I guess I got to fight. So David was about to go fight the very nation God called him to be a leader of. And then he's rolling with those guys, and they're literally about to go to the battle. And here we go, right here, 1 Samuel chapter 29, verse 3 to 5. Then the princes of the Philistines said, what are these Hebrews doing here? Amen. And, and Achish said to the princes of the Philistines, so the Achish tried to um, say, hey, he's cool. Is this not David, the servant of Saul, king of Israel? who has been with me these days or these years. He was actually there. Uh, he might have been there a little longer, but early on it says he was there for a year and four months. And to this day, I found no fault in him. He's cool. Since he defected to me, he's under me. He's no longer under Saul. He's under me, and I'm fighting with you, the Philistines. But the princes of the Philistines were angry with him. So the princes of the Philistines said to him, make this fellow return, that he may go back to the place which you've appointed for him, and do not let him Go down with us to battle. Sometimes God will speak through your enemies. And I'm here to tell you, this is my first point. Rejection can position you for purpose. And not all rejection is bad. Some rejection is not that God is rejecting you. But if you find yourself around the wrong people, God will see to it that they do reject you. Somebody say amen. And, and so David was in, in this place. For with what could, be, could he reconcile to himself his master if not the heads of these men? Is this not David, of whom they sang? They were scared of this guy. To one another in dances, singing, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. And so here is David in a place for some time, and they rejected him. They said, make this man go back. Don't let him roll with us. He's been here, but I don't trust him, and I don't want him here. And so it's interesting. If you look in verse 8, it won't be up on the screens here. But in verse 8, it says, so David said, what have I done? I'm here to tell you right He could not figure this out. Why are these guys rejecting me? And I'm here to tell you, don't, when you are rejected by people, because rejection is just a part of life. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's a part of your journey with God. Rejection is a part. Jesus said in in John chapter 15, uh, verse 18, if the world hates you, you know that it first hated me. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, you, God will see to it that you're rejected by the wrong people or rejected by the right ones that should be rejecting you. Does that make sense? <laughs> that, that, that God will see to it that sometimes rejection is not rejection from God's perspective. It's separation. And sometimes people may... David was in a place that God had to had to orchestrate it to where he was rejected because there was something coming soon and God had to have him get there. And God's method of getting him there was, was people that he was around that he shouldn't be around with anyway. He saw to it that they rejected him. When, and these guys were fearing him. And David said in verse 8, so David said to H.S., what, but what have I done? And, and many times I think where we, where, we, where we get into a trap when it comes to 
people rejecting us. We're talking about hustle and flow. And many times when you have a flow from God and you are called of God, I'm here to tell you that people that don't fit in that thing at times will reject you and push you to the side and God will use it to position you for purpose. I know it's quiet. Nobody wants to get rejected. I understand, but this is a part. The world, you aren't of the world. And the world, at times, there will be moments where they will reject you. And it is God's way of actually separating you for something dear to his heart for your life. When you got a flow, you're going to get rejected. Come on, somebody. Everybody's got a few haters. Anybody got any haters? (laughs) People are like, is that something to shout about? You know, let haters gonna hate. Look at your neighbor and say, haters gonna hate. But when but when you somebody said it really good. She was like, who haters gonna hate? You know. When, when you when you got when you got the flow, you're gonna get rejected at times. It's part of the plan, but you gotta hustle through the rejection to get to your next place. Come on, somebody say hustle and flow. So so God won't reject you, but he'll allow it. So he can position you for purpose. Here we go. Rejection, rejection can highlight soul ills in us that we're still dealing with. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me just let, me let that marinate a little bit. Let me let that. Rejection can highlight soul ills in us that we're still dealing with. You know, and rejection is a real thing. It, it does hurt. David was like, what did I do? What have I done to deserve this? And the answer is nothing. Nothing. It is, it is a human emotion. When rejection happens, it doesn't feel good. And it, I, you're not supposed to get some twisted pleasure out of it. We understand that it is something that can be painful. But what it does is it highlights things in us that God wants to just help us deal with and work through with him. Rejection can contribute, can contribute to your maturation process. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1. Here we go. This is where, what happened once he was rejected. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag. So they left. They left, that, they left that troop of warriors to go fight Israel, and they go back to Ziklag. Rejection got him here rejection he would never have come back if he wasn't rejected he would have never come back if God didn't separate him on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south in Ziklag attacked Ziklag burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great they did not kill anyone but carried them away and went their way so David and his men came to the city and there it was burned with fire rejection positioned him to for purpose and and their wives their sons and their daughters had had been taken captive i'm going to read all the way through this a few more scriptures just so you see the whole story then we'll go back and talk about it then david and the people who were with them lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep and david's two wives ahinoam the jezreelitess and abigail the widow of nabal the carmelite had been taken captive now david was greatly distressed For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. It's amazing when people are hurt that they find somebody to blame it on. It wasn't David's fault. It's interesting, you know, when hurt people hurt 
people. Uh, but, but David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. David had nowhere else to turn. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, uh, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod, the ephod here to me. I'm almost done here, and then we'll talk about this. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. The ephod was a priestly garment that uh, the priests wore, and when they wore, they wore the, eph- the ephod when they would approach God. Uh, when they would approach the altar, they did not go without the proper garments on. And the Bible talks about how, and so it was a, it was a, the, the ephod, the ephod, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but what that was, was it was something that only priests wore, that priests wore this to approach God. It was, it was a positional thing that because of their position, they wore the garment and the garment had all these different colors, different types of stuff on them. The 12 stones of the 12 tribes of Israel, which meant that the priest would have the, have the nation on his heart and he would approach God in prayer for the nation of Israel. And so David, a king, he was not a priest, said, boy, get, break out the ephod. I'm about to put this thing on. So David inquired of the Lord. It's saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail, recover all. Here we go. How, I got a question here. How should we respond when in distress? And I, I just want to share four things. And, 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 and this is just the reality of when, when, when David was rejected. I'm going to share these here in a moment. Well, when David was rejected by the Philistine armies, God knew that he had to get back to Ziglag. David didn't know it. So them rejecting him was actually God's timing for his purpose. It was God's timing. And many times we, we, we get in relationships or situations and we're like, why did that happen to me? But sometimes we just got to take a moment and allow God to put us through whatever process it is because there's something on the other side that we don't know anything about. He rolls up on Ziklag. He was there for some time. It's where his family was. He shows up and it's burned down with fire and everybody's gone. And so here's my, what should we do when we're in distress? Number one is uh, cry about it. <laughs> it's true. That's what they did. They showed up. Look, at, I, I know in the religious world, um, uh, sometimes we put, we, we, we don't want people to kind of really deal with their emotions at times. And, and it, is per, it was not sinful for them to roll up on the spot, everybody gone, and for them not to cry. And I'm, it's okay. Just go ahead and cry about it. Now, that's number one. There's some more we're going to get to. You don't want to stay there, but please, when you're hurt, whatever, you know, you need to cry about it. Somebody's like, wow, I, get per- I got permission. What did you learn in church? Pastor Sean said to cry about it. <laughs> you know? You know, I get, I get look at, look at, look at, that's number one. We're, we're going to get somewhere. But you got to take your moment and just let that thing release. It's healthy. If you read the book of Psalms, I mean, those people were crying a lot. You know, whenever you're down and out, just read Psalms. You'll be like, oh, wow, it's not so bad. These people are drowning in their tears. Come on, somebody. The Bible says that they could not weep anymore. Have you ever cried you couldn't cry anymore? What is it with ladies that do this when they're with tears? What is this? Are you drying them? Is this the fan? Yes, it's the fan. Does it work? No, what? Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a, right? We're a, we apologize. Oh, I'm, no, I'm sorry. 
right? There are some things worth crying about. How many of you know if I would have rolled up at my house and the things burned down, Nico and Gia and Crystal Gale are gone? Yeah, somebody say, oh, man. Ah! You know, crying is normal. <laughs> cry about it. Look at your neighbor and say, cry about it. All right? Look at this. It is part of the process. But it doesn't define your purpose. I'm going to say it one more time. Crying is a part of the process. Cry, pout, whine, uh, snot, tears. Come on, what else? Have your day. It's just, what's that? What? Drool. <laughs> Drool. Maybe not. Well, it depends. Hey, if that's your thing, if that's how you process. <laughs> If that's how you, he's just trying to think of bodily fluids coming out of the face, like what, the mouth, drooling, yeah, maybe, nah, you ever cry so, like, come on, it, it, this is part, like, what, there's so much in the Bible, cry out, Jesus, when he rode up on Lazarus, he wept, crying is normal, Jesus did it, and he knew that joker was going to come up out of that grave, but he still cried, he knew a miracle was coming, but he still cried. It was part of the process. He felt it, you know? And I know there's certain people that just cry. You're just a crier. You're, that's that's kind of like you'll even say that, you know, I'm a crier. My wife, certain things, she's a crier. I have friends, like, they watch Disney movies and they cry. I'm, I'm personally, yeah, yeah, we got a crier back here. Um, my, one of my good friends, he, he watched that Disney show Up, and he cried. I, yeah. So people are like, yeah, why, you did it? No, I did it. I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? That didn't just... That didn't just tug my heartstrings as maybe some other things, but, but cry, like I know under certain people, they just cry easier. They feel quicker. Many times, I'm just saying creative people, creative people just at many times are very much in touch with feelings and that's just kind of a, um, kind of like a personality thing, but it is normal when you're in distress to have a moment. And I've said this before a million times, have your moment but don't make it a monument. They cried, but they did some more things. Let's go to number two. You guys ready? Look at your neighbor and say, cry about it. All right, look at him again. Say it with confidence. Tell him, say, look, just go ahead and cry about it, would you? Just go ahead and cry about it. All right, cry about it. Number two is strengthen yourself in the Lord. That's what he did. He cried, and then he says, okay, look, I got to get myself together. I have to get, this is hustle and flow. God's got a call on his life. There's purpose on his life. And he had himself a bad week. I mean, he was rejected. Whole city burned down. Everybody's gone. And the people he's with are saying it's his fault in a sense. They were about to kill him. So what did he do? I'm going to cry about this, but then I'm going to strengthen myself in the Lord. And I just want to encourage you guys today that have your moment. Cry. Let that release out. Whatever it is, however you need to process it. But there's going to come a point where you got to get up and encourage yourself. Yourself. This isn't about what you're going to do. You just need to say, you know what? God's on my side. I'm walking with God. I'm full of his Holy Spirit. I have purpose. I have destiny. Um, this isn't over. Uh, my life isn't over. D I'm here to tell you that depression is a lie. It is a lie. 
Depression is rampant in society. I'm not saying the feelings aren't real, but I'm saying that is, that is a lie. Don't, don't listen to it. Sometimes you got to pull up your bootstraps and encourage yourself in the Lord. And you got to tell yourself, I'm called. God's hands on me. I am, I'm anointed and appointed. Come on, somebody. Encourage yourself. Get, look at your neighbor and say, get yourself together. Look at, look, at, look, at, look at the person next to you and tell them, stop crying about it. All right? Here we go. Yeah. Look back at him and say, I'm not done crying yet. I am not done. I am not done. All right? I am not done. Look, look but encourage yourself. This is part of life. Look at bad things don't have to send you just deeper, deeper into darkness. No, not as a Christian. You're a believer. Your Savior got out of the grave. What makes you think you're supposed to stay there? Come on, somebody. I'm moving on up. I'm up, yeah, to the east side. I finally got a piece of the pie. Come on, somebody. So that's a little too old school for some of you. But I'm moving on up. Look, I'm not staying down here. I have my moment. I'm going to cry and pout and whine, but there comes a point I'm going to get up and be like, let's do this. Um, God's with me, right? Strengthen yourself in, your, in the Lord. Get yourself together. And if you can't do it, just ask your friend. Slap me like, wake up. Get up. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Come on. We can, we can encourage each other, but well, you got to strengthen yourself in the Lord. At the end of the day, David didn't have nobody else in that moment. Literally, there are going to be moments in your life, in your walk with God, whether it is a reality or not, it's going to feel like it's just you. We all have them. We all have them. You got to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Be like, oh, I got this. And I don't care. And your mind is going to tell you you're crazy. It's okay. My mind tells me that all the time. You're in good company here at Sanctuary LA. Like, like your soul, your emotions are going to be like, that is not true. Yes, it is. I'm a man of God. I'm not telling you that about me. I'm telling myself that about me. Come on, women of God. I, you got to tell yourself that you're anointed. You're a woman of God. You got what it takes. Come on, somebody. You're not a victim. You, you, you're not a victim. You're not going to just get by. No, you're going to thrive and you're going to soar and everything you put your hands to is going to prosper. <laughs> blessed coming in, blessed going out. Come on, somebody. That's my spirit talking, not my mind. My mind and my soul and my emotion, emotional realm is like, sometimes. No, but my spirit is speaking. My spirit is speaking. My inner man is speaking now. My inner man is speaking. His word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. I got this. I got this. In the name of Jesus, in the strength of God, by the grace of God, I got this. I own this thing. Monday is going to be awesome. Yeah, I got, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Monday is going to be awesome. I'm going to wake up with a smile. I'm going to attack this week. <laughs> You got to change your posture. Don't wake up tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah, we'll go listen to the podcast or something, maybe. Is that, is, that, is, that, is, that, is that our Savior talking through you? 
Come on, somebody. Oh, here we go again. Same old kid, same old job. Gas prices are $5 a gallon. Good Lord. Look, you start talking about craziness, you're going to go crazy. <laughs> you got to talk about what God's doing. I'm not saying ignore the realities of things, but those things don't need to affect uh, me and, and my outlook. I'm, I'm, I'm born again, spirit-filled, full of the word of God. I am a walking, talking Jesus on Monday. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I'm just trying to encourage you. All right. Number one, say cry about it. Say strengthen yourself in the Lord. Number three, here we go. Here we go. Where, where's number, here it is. Break out the ephod. Okay, you guys are like, what is that? Uh, I kind of told you already. This is the thing. Encourage yourself in the Lord is one thing, which means really encouraging yourself, your, your, your confidence, right, in God, in your confidence in who God's called you to be. But the ephod, the ephod is something different. It's something that the priests would put on. The Bible says that we have a breastplate of righteousness, and the ephod would come over the shoulders and come down to the thighs. It was a garment that the priests would put on, and they would approach God for counsel and inquiry of what to do. This is another level here. When you're in distress, cry about it. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. But then what does it mean by when you break out the ephod, that means I'm about to go to God and I'm going to listen to his direction. It's one thing to encourage myself in the Lord. Okay, I'm cool. But there's another thing to say, oh, snap, I'm about to put on that ephod. And am I really willing to put that thing on and actually go to God and ask him? What is it next? Because I'll say this. A lot of people, they'll cry about it, and they'll encourage themselves in the Lord, but they ain't trying to really hear what God wants to say to them. That's next level type of prayer where you're like, and this is what he did. He says, God, should I go? And, and he knew what he was getting into. That When we approach God and we inquire him and ask him, this is really a directional thing we're asking from him. Before you get married, you need to break out the ephod. Is this the one for me, Jesus? Yeah. You, you want to, you wanna, before, uh, before there might be a change or, or something you feel, that the ephod, it just, and I'm not saying um, you need to actually like make an ephod. It's just that uh, spiritually speaking, it is something that you say, Lord, what is your will? What is, what are you saying to me to do in the midst of my situation? And I will say yes to whatever it is. It was the next level, all right? It was the next level. Here it is. So cry about it. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Break out the ephod. Number four is this, is get up and follow God's directives. And that is what David did. If you want to get, if you want things to get better, you have to move on what God told you. If you, wanna, if you want whatever it is to get better, David knew, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to cry. I'm going to strengthen my personal walk with you, God, privately. I'm going to strengthen that thing. And then I'm going to come to you and say, Lord, what is it? I surrender. What is it you want me to do? And so David, uh, David pursued. Let's go down to verse 10. Verse 10 to 15. It says, but David pursued. Everybody say, he pursued. He pursued. He and 400 men, 200 stayed behind. Okay. Um, 
and, uh, who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Besor. I'm going to read some more scriptures here. Just go through this narrative here. Uh, when they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David, they gave him bread and, and he ate and they let him drink water. If, if my family was gone and everything I owned was burned to the ground, I personally would find it hard to feed somebody on my way to them. And this is, this is my, my next point here, is we have to help others when we're hurting. That, that how we're, I, I'm fascinated by this, that think about what he just lost. And he's on his way, and he found somebody, they gave him bread, and he ate, and they let him drink water, and they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. Man, I wouldn't be worried about this guy getting some raisins. I mean, I'm just personally speaking. I, you know, I, I think that, that, that is so powerful that the Christ in us, I'm here, I was telling our leaders this this morning, that you are empowered in Christ to be a blessing when you are in need yourself. That in Christ, that you have the a capacity and ability to help when you're hurting. And that's because it is Christ in you doing it. So he gave him a piece of cake of figs, two clusters of raisins. So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him. For he had eaten no bread nor drunk water for three days and three nights. Then David said to him, to whom do you belong and where are you from? And he said, I am a young man from Egypt. He's not a Hebrew. Servant of an Amalekite. Uh-oh. The plot thickens. Amalekites are the ones that invaded everything, burned the city down. And my master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. We made an invasion of the southern area of the Cherethites in the territory which belongs to Judah and of the southern area of Caleb. And we burned Ziklag with fire. So David is on his way to find these guys that have his babies. And he, gave, he finds out he's one of them. I would be like, give me my raisin cakes back. <laughs> Anybody with me? Come on. I mean, I'm just saying. I'd be like, man, give me that raisin cake. Get the strap. You know what I'm saying? That's what... I'm just saying. That is not one of my points. That's my flesh talking. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? I, okay, let me, let me spiritualize it. I'm a focused person. I got, all, I got focus. And if something personal of mine has been stolen and burned down, I am not trying to share my raisin cakes on the way. Somebody say hustle and flow. And, and this is the thing, is that in the middle of your hustle, God's going to require you to be somebody else's flow. That in this world, in this society, it's all about getting mine, get my hustle on, check me out. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about? But in Christ, you're going to be on your way to, to, to do what you're called to do or to fix your problems. And I'm here to tell you right now, in Christ, Holy Spirit-filled believers of God, that God's going to be, God, God is going to position somebody in need when you are so focused on what God has actually called you to do. And he's going to, he, it's, it's the story of the Good Samaritan. 
that they stopped and helped the man, gave him lodging on their journey. See, your, your journey, you're on your journey. There are people in need, and God's going to say, I need you to give to them when you don't have nothing to give. Because if, if you give when you apparently or supposedly have nothing to give, then it's God giving through you. Isn't that something? You, because of Christ in you, you have the capacity to give when you don't have it because he's in you and he'll give through you. So don't snatch up the raisin cakes. So he said, we made an invasion of the southern area of the Cherethites. We burned Ziglag with fire. And David said to him, can you take me down to this troop? So he said, swear to me, my God, that you will neither kill me nor deliver me in the hands of my master. And I will, make you, I will take you down to this troop. And so here, here I just got a couple thoughts here. Don't allow your focus to rob you of friendship. Hustle and flow. Don't allow your focus to rob you of friendship. If, if you, you know, and I'll say this again, if you give when you have nothing to give, it must be God giving through you. All right, I just got a couple more points. Are you guys okay? You guys get something out of this? So let's go to uh, verse 20 here. Then, then and, and so basically, uh, before we, we read that, I just wanna kinda, you can go back and read this. Um, but David uh, basically went, pursued, uh, basically got everything back, okay? And then verse 20, then David took all the flocks and the herds they had driven before those other livestock and said, this is David's spoil. That's the truth. That's, that, that's so funny that he's like, this is my spoil. <laughs> you know, I, you know it's, he just declared it. He, he came up on his stuff. He's like, this is my spoil, Right? But this is powerful that, yes, it is, and he got it back, and he was confident as a man uh, being what is his is his. Now David came to the 200 men who had been so weary they could not follow David, whom they also had made to stay at the brook Besor. So they went out to meet David and to meet the people who were with him. And when David came near the people, he greeted them. Then all the wicked and worthless men of those who went with David answered and said, because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil that we have recovered except for every man's wife and children that they may lead them away and depart but David said my brethren you shall not do with what the Lord has given us who has preserved us and delivered into our hand the troop that came against us for who will heed you in this matter he had to uh, confront them but as his part is who goes down to the battle so shall his part who stays by the supplies. They shall share alike. And so this is my, my next point here is don't get it twisted. Um, God did it. And this is the thing is those, those men were like, hey, they, they didn't know. God, David was like, look, here we go again. Hustle and flow. That in the middle of your hustle, God in Christ desires us to not only be blessed or to be a blessing. Or God's intention of the blessing is to be a blessing. God's intention of your influence is to use your influence to make other people's lives better. And so, and so they, he said, look, God did this. God uh, uh, delivered into our hand the troop that came against us. 
And so, so there, there, there is a purpose inside of you, church. There is a divine purpose in you as an individual. And, and in that purpose is, is, is what we talked about in the beginning was uh, there is, when there is something on your life that God has put on you, an anointing, a grace to do something, a gift, an ability, a talent, with that will come rejection at times, and God will use that direction to position you for purpose. When you get on that road of purpose, God's, there's going to be times that are hard, and God's going to empower you to be a blessing to others when you yourself are in need. Here we go. This is my last scripture here. Uh, verse 26. My last scripture here, and then I'll share my last point. Now, when David came to Ziklag, he sent some of the spoil to the elders of Judah. So here he goes again, hustle and flow. And today, the whole point, if you, what you get out of this, is your hustle should produce a flow for somebody else. In the kingdom, we are so connected that David, that's what David did. Now, when David came to Ziklag, he came back to Ziklag with everything. He sent some of the spoil to the elders of Judah, to another area that he would reign in. He was sowing in, in a place that he would soon be, a, be an authority. It says, to his friends. To his friends. And so David became a blessing immediately. He came back. It says he sent some of the spoil to the elders of Judah, to his friends, saying, here is a present for you from the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. And the Bible goes on to say how he sent it to all these different places, all these different areas. He sent him a blessing to those who were in Bethel, to the, you know, all, the, all these different little, little um, areas that, and it says that in every place that he rove. So near the end there in verse 31, this is my last scripture, those who were in Hebron and to all the places where David himself and his men were accustomed to rove. And so the blessing, David had to, how many of you know, David had to fight for that blessing. But when he obtained that, he became a blessing to those around him. And so here, this is my last point here. The purpose of provision is always people. The purpose of provision is people. And when, I just want to share this last thought here. Um, when David had that tough situation of everything getting taken from him, um, he had the, the internal fortitude to not allow what he needed to get in the way of being a blessing to somebody else. And there are people attached to you that need what you have. And many times, how many of you, you know, sometimes the way we think is we want, um, we want to be at a certain place. Or we think sometimes we have to be at a certain place to be a blessing. And I'm here to tell you right now, right where you are, you can be a blessing right where you are. You don't have to, uh, and I understand there are times where you're like, man, I'm kind of empty. I need to be filled. Yes. And I, and I do agree with that. But there. Right where you are right now, you have more than enough. When, as the worship team comes up here, as um, when Jesus fed the 5,000, um, he, he asked them, what do you have? 
and, and, the, and my wife shared this during the offering. And the little boy said, look, I got, I got five loaves and two fish. And Jesus, will, will, Jesus produced a miracle off of something the boy had. And many times I think we withhold what we have because we don't think it's enough. The, the disciples were like, all we have. All we had. It wasn't like, oh, let's use this, Lord. No, they were just, it was an excuse. All we got is a bag, all we got is a is a is a, a bag of lunch. We got a lunch, we got, you know, five loaves and two fish. Like what, we gotta we gotta do something else. And and Jesus said, bring it to me. And so this is what God's asking of us. And this is what David did. Is is he 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 was a blessing with what he had. He was a blessing with what he had. And God is just saying, What do you have? What do you have? No, I know sometimes I think we get it twisted and we start thinking about what we don't have. But what do you have? What do you have? And I'm going to ask you all, bring that to the Lord. What do you have? You have something. You have, you have, you have, uh, a way you have a, a gift and ability you have maybe you maybe all you have is a listening ear bring that maybe all you have is um maybe maybe you're patient we need patient people you know i'm trying to i'm trying to break it down to the simplest thing you might have we'll bring that to the lord cuz somebody needs your patience lord knows i do What do you have? What do you have? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for tuning in to Sanctuary LA Podcast. Remember to follow us on social media at MySanctuaryLA. Until next time, be blessed.